Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 25th Best Picture winner, The Greatest Show on Earth, which I don't think it was very great. I was going to say, do you think this is the greatest show on Earth, Ian? I think it is ironic that they made a movie about a circus, and movies like are now what took over. I mean, you know, so, not anyway. to like... Uh, Toot our own horn or anything, but I have a feeling this wasn't the greatest movie, but this is going to be one of our greatest episodes because uh, movies like it. this I tend to. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Now it's going to be one of our worst. Damn it. Um, anyway, going into the actual background for this one, because uh, I want to speed through the background pretty quickly. Um, there's kind of a lot there, but I think that we have a, quite a bit to dissect with this movie. Um, I think that's something we've kind of found with like the movies that maybe aren't the best movies mm -hmm. they tend to actually be some of like they're they're not fun while you're watching them oh they're fun to talk but about, but they are though. very fun to talk about <laughs> um so i anticipate this one being a, a meaty episode uh so this is a 1952 american drama produced and directed by cecil b demille i believe this was his second to last picture okay then it's extra inexcusable well it's it's kind of the classical demille spectacle over substance yeah i think that's my number one note is that like they stuffed an hour and a half of circus like montages into an hour long plot. It this movie reminded me both very heavily of Cimarone, which mm -hmm. listeners, if you have not listened to our that episode, it's actually one of my favorites. Um that is another movie that is like very deeply flawed, but was very interesting mm -hmm. to discuss. And it was like Cimarone and Ziegfeld. Were the two it really reminded me of. Yeah, and like agreed. Ziegfeld, our biggest criticism was that like, yes, the musical numbers were great, but there were a lot of them and it really messed with the pacing of the movie mm -hmm. and kind of like made the plot drag. So I think this is a similar situation. Yeah. So anyway, I'll hold my tongue so you can finish background. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. This, this one's just <laughs> going to be a go. lot, of, lot of ranting from Ian, apparently. So it stars Betty Hutton and Cornell Wilde as trapeze artists who are competing for the center ring at the Ringling Brothers and Bar Barnum and Bailey Circus. Charlton Heston plays the circus manager. Jimmy Stewart plays a clown. Buttons. Buttons, which is, you know what? Only non-scary clown ever because it's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is a like it's impossible for him to play someone scary or menacing or in any way something other than a just a fucking. I mean, even angel. when he is the villain, <laughs> you're like, oh, Jimmy, I love Jimmy Stewart. He's hands down my favorite actor ever. And then we also have like a pretty strong supporting cast with Gloria Graham, mm -hmm. who I really like. Um, she, she was, was angel. in, yeah, she was Angel. Mm -hmm. She was in It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. She played um, Violet. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I love Gloria Graham. And then there was Dorothy L'Amour, who was like a big comedic actress at the time. She was in a lot of the Bing Crosby, mm -hmm. Bob Hope, uh, Road to whatever movies. Mm -hmm. um, was Bing... she the one with the gum? Yeah, she was Phyllis, which okay. honestly, why did we have that character? I mean. She was supposed to be comedic relief, but some of her jokes did not age well. No. 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 No, she she makes a joke about blackface and we were both. I, I, you weren't here watching it with me, but I was like, oh, no. Uh, I think literally in my notes, I have a uh, what underlined. Oh, God, it was so cringy. <laughs> <With> that. <laughs> that was the cringiest of her jokes, but all of her jokes were cringy. And um, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope actually make a cameo in the audience. I don't know if you caught that when they're painting the crowd, the two guys eating popcorn and synchronization. Not going to lie. When they Bing panned the crowd, I was like, okay, time to take notes. <laughs> They pan the crowd a lot. 
They did. In a lot of, like, there were some times when I was like, I think it's important, mm-hmm. but they did it in a lot of times when I was like, why? Not important. Why? This is not important. Like, I really <laughs> don't need to see this guy, like, looking at his wife, just being like, this is amazing. Or that one father with the kid who was how many totally kids, unimpressed. How many kids did we watch eat ice cream? How many kids did we watch sit there stony faced like they were watching, like, paint dry? I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So... Kind of a cool thing, though, about this is that it does have the real 1951 Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey troop appears in it with all the circus stuff. I would presume based on like the skill that they all showed. Well, also, the actors did actually learn their respective roles and participate in acts. And apparently Betty Hutton like really took to trapeze. Well, yeah, I could tell. (laughs) And I I actually really liked that aspect of it Uh because, I mean, you know, obviously like the most daring stunts and everything are not the main actors mm-hmm. and everything but like the fact that you could tell that like some of that trapeze work was really cornell wilde and betty mm-hmm. hutton like i really appreciated it yeah. and i liked and i feel like you know we had a very like muscular betty hutton like kind of our main female character was like this muscular active she had that yoga character. body going she she had like <laughs> she had guns man yeah. like it one made her believable as like a Trapeze career artist. trapeze mm-hmm. artist but also like i don't know i thought it was like kind of refreshing because we are still in the 50s where you have that like that very slim mm-hmm. physique like you know marilyn will come in you know she's starting to come in with kind yeah. of like a curvier physique but like you didn't really have like this like muscular active mm-hmm. kind of body type for your heroines which i thought was interesting even if i didn't like betty's performance well, that much hey you know i actually thought that they took a trapeze artist and taught her how to act if that gives you any indication of how I thought about her performance. I don't think it's all her fault, but I don't think it's not her fault. I think it's 90% her fault. I've seen, I've seen her in, so she's also plays lead in Anna Get Your Gun, which I'm not a fan of. Noted. I will avoid it. <laughs> I mean, you can watch it, but it's not great. great. Okay. Good to know. She, she does not have a lot of depth in her performances. Like, you can tell she's acting. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, but there's also like a score of writing issues with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, other things this was nominated for. So it won for best story. Oh, bless the Academy's Inter- heart. Interesting choice. Um, it was also nominated for best director, best film editing, best costume design, color. I wonder what won best costume design for color. Because yeah, the costumes and sets were, were really, good. really amazing. Yeah. Um, film editing. How the hell? Did it win for film editing? I don't know. They really liked those scene wipes. No, they were like, I remember in the mom Which is very line, of that era. So it's like, I'm fine, fine with it. But. but I remember specifically one scene with the mob folks, which that storyline didn't need to exist, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Like they had a whole bunch of jump cuts between different uh, levels of like zoom on the lens. And I'm like, why? Why did you do that? That looks so sloppy. And they did it twice. But like, but it wasn't like a thing where it's like they're clearly like building some sort of weird tension. Like it no, was just like it was a thing just that like they did. They're talking and they zoomed and then they unzoomed, then they resumed. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, this was the last Best Picture winner to win fewer than three Academy Awards until Spotlight in 2016. Spotlight? Yeah. Moonlight? No. I don't know. No, ever... Spotlight in 2015. Oh. Sorry, I said I wrote 2016, but oh, it was Spotlight, okay. but in 2015. I just remember Moonlight because I finally. But Moonlight it, won other it stuff. Good. It won other stuff. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Yeah, I remember Spotlight being everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, 
other, so this is often ranked among one of the worst Best Picture winners, so it's not just us. So High Noon, which was one of the nominees, was like the favored winner. Mm-hmm. But there's some thought that having The Greatest Show on Earth, there are kind of two reasons that it happened. So there's a bit of a political aspect to it. So the, I think it was, it was either like, I think it was one of the writers or like the producer, the director on High Noon was kind of like in question with, um, the House on American Activities panel. And then there was a writer on another one of the nominated films who had been blacklisted. And Cecil B. DeMille was conservative. I'm giving Maggie right now. It's, but. <laughs> it's the classic, like, what the fuck? McCarthyism sucks. Why was it trying to mess with art? Which art's entire function is to question the status quo and make you think about, like, the plight of humanity and, like, that kind of stuff. And McCarthy was like, no, boo. That's exactly That's my how McCarthy he sounded. Voice. <laughs> I'm never talking about Joseph McCarthy in any other voice. We're we're not fans of him here on the podcast. I don't in case know you, if you can tell. <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille was kind of a safe choice. It was more conservative. This movie is not at all political in any way. It doesn't have any sort of message that could be construed politically. Other in the than slightest. we should take care of even the small town folks so that we do the whole tour. Like that is the I don't, most I don't political even think, that I could get. I don't. Even, but they don't even like really hit on that very much and there's there isn't even like a oh these mean businessmen feel to it where they're like trying to shut down the circuits like you know they dropped that storyline like a hot potato like it's kind it's kind of there throughout but like not super strong like it's i'm and i'm fine with it because it kind of like sets up the reason for the competition between the Mm -hmm. two trapeze artists but like it but like you know that this isn't going to be considered a political or like a statement movie in any way shape or form also, because it was, you know, towards the end of DeMille's career and he had never won, mm-hmm. of, none of his films had, like, won a Best Picture. I'm trying to remember if he'd ever won, like, a director award or anything. But the idea being that, like, it's kind of a career Oscar. Yeah. So, like, the concept for people who aren't familiar, the concept of a career Oscar, it's, it's like, the person won this Oscar for, like, this role or this movie. And they probably really shouldn't have won for that one. But they should have won for something else. They should have won for something else and were like robbed or like their just full body of work is so amazing that kind of they needed to be rewarded in some Mm -hmm. way. And the one I always think of when I talk about career Oscars is John Wayne for True Grit. Like True Grit is like that version, not a good movie. Mm -hmm. He is not good in it, but he didn't win for The Searchers or The Quiet Man, which are... I think hands down his two greatest performances. Mm -hmm. So like, it's the idea that you're giving that award to them kind of for their body of work, not necessarily that one picture. And like, there are special Oscars for that. Yeah. Um, Well, and to be clear, you know, it's it's different getting that special Oscar than like winning one for a piece. And I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea of recognizing someone for having like significant, and important works i just it's really just like i wish i I, I wish uh, they they were more generous with the tie honestly yeah yeah. it's it's like because you know we talked about that in all about eve and it's like you have these really really amazing performances and you know that people are gonna get i mean with all about eve it would have been ridiculous because i'm just like give everyone nominated the oscar (laughs) but you know i think they were if they were a little less stingy on the tie Mm -hmm. then it would be you would have less kind of career Oscars and more right. like the pictures and the performances that should win or mm-hmm. winning. So other nominees, High Noon, which I mentioned, Ivanhoe, Moulin Rouge, and The Quiet Man. 
which really you is amazing. I so know. I'm sure it you really love is amazing. That it didn't win. <laughs> of the ones listed, so I've not actually seen High Noon, but it is I think often stated as like Gary Cooper's greatest film and I know it's supposed to be really really amazing. Uh-huh. Of those, I would have The Quiet Man win personally. We'll have to watch it sometime. It's really really spectacular. It also has an amazing score. Okay, then I'm And on like board. one of the most amazing bar fights I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but there is also this year that I wanted um, a couple other films that like I would have had easily nominated over Greatest Show on Earth, and that is uh, Scaramouche, which has like the you love that one of the scene. oh god, it's the longest sword fight in cinema history, and it's amazing, and it's one of the best. Um, and Singing in the Rain. Oh no! Um, we mentioned this on our American Paris episode, so if you want to hear more about that, listen to that uh... episode. But you know, Singing in the Rain was not super well received like it was like everyone's like it's a good movie but it was not like touted as like you know the best musical ever made at the time and people were like american in paris were better was better but like go listen to that episode we we disagreed and i think most of history disagrees with us at this point Uh, but yeah so we could have could have been watching that instead good dude we could have been watching the quiet man instead you know how happy i would have been so there are really like three quote main storylines i mean there were like eight stories there but yeah well because you have a large support you have a large supporting cast but there is the kind of the one i introduced earlier which is the main one that's sort of this like love triangle slash Mm -hmm. rectangle oh i get to draw another diagram at some point fun stuff (laughs) um but it's these you know the circus is losing money because when you get to the 50s you know the circuses are starting Mm -hmm. to you know suffer a bit uh, they hang on for a while, but they start to suffer a bit. And you have um, kind of the financiers being like, you're going to do a short season. And that's kind of signals like the death of the circus. So they like get them to agree to a long season because they bring in this very famous trapeze artist. And Sebastian, he, Sebastian was like the magnificent Sebastian or something like that. He had like an actual name because then I was like, we need to give Holly a name because I feel like being like, it's the magnificent Sebastian and... Holly <laughs> doesn't quite work, but he's fighting with <laughs> Holly, who is like the aerialist of the show, who is the show manager's girlfriend, like mm-hmm. all that so stuff. So that's where the love triangle comes in. So we get that love triangle. Um, you have kind of the supporting character of Angel and Phyllis, who are kind of sort of part of that uh, storyline. Phyllis, Angel, Angel, I loved. was amazing. Loved Angel. God, I love Gloria Graham. Um, but you know the the idea of that, like they're kind of angel's storyline and what's mm-hmm. his name the really creepy klaus, klaus. he like their storylines kind of wrapped in that um so yeah, that's kind like of like one two couples in one a bit is like these yeah <laughs> is like this these two combating aerialists guy. and kind of the these like love triangles rectangles pentagons that are forming yeah so our second storyline revolves around Jimmy Stewart oh bless his heart he He's plays a this clown named buttons who never takes off his makeup which all I could think of was like, that's not good for your skin, bro. Yeah, but we come to find out that it's Why? because he's hiding. Yes, because he turns out is a doctor who killed his wife and they never address why he killed his wife or whether it was just an accident or not like uh, because well yeah yeah, my favorite part is at the end when um holly's like oh there's a line we'll talk about when we get to the very end but she's basically like i'm sure you did it on accident and i was like no one has ever said like no one has ever addressed that he might have done it on accident just because they set up 
Yeah. They're heavy handed on the foreshadowing in this one because literally every time she talks about buttons, she's like, everyone loves buttons, but everyone loves you buttons. Like, and we do love buttons because he's Jimmy Stewart. We love Jimmy Stewart. But like, I was like, so we're not going to love buttons at some point. I mean, but it turns out, yeah. So he murdered, accidentally uh, killed something, his wife. Such a heavy handed storyline. Yeah. And, but he's a doctor and he's on the run. That's why he never takes off yep. his makeup. That's storyline number two. Storyline number three. What the fuck? Is this the mob storyline? It's like this weird mob storyline that I'm still not sure. Okay. I'm not sure who's involved with what. Like there's a a carnival barker guy who runs one of the little games who's like corrupt. So remember that scene where I was like, they do this weird zoom thing and have like some jump cuts in there in this conversation against a green screen. Like that's where they introduced the storyline. And I was kind of like, I'm still not sure what what Mr. Henderson's relationship with Brad is. Yeah. This needed to go away. I think it existed purely to get the train crash in, and you could have done so many other things to crash a train. Especially if you have like the whole Klaus storyline, like just have Klaus crash the train. Or guess what? I don't even think we need the train crash. Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. They crashed the train with 20 minutes left in a 200-ish mi- No, it wasn't 200. It was like 140 minutes. The train minutes. crash was like a deus machina to resolve a lot of the plot lines. Exactly. But the problem is a lot of those plot lines had pretty much already been resolved in like some way, shape or form. And the movie could have ended so much earlier. Oh yeah. Completely yeah. agree. They, so, because, so we have, like we mentioned, we kind of have these three plot lines. So fun fact, this is probably going to turn into like a very maintenance episode of the best pictures. And I'm very okay with this. We, I have, <laughs> Oh, I, as I texted Ian this morning, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings, which is Maggie code for, I'm about to basically be like, this is how I would have done this movie <laughs> in a much better way, even though I've never made a movie in my entire life. So, well, you understand narrative structure, so you can at least like... <laughs> I do understand mar- narrative structure, which I think is more than what we can say for the writers of this film. I, they're probably dead by now. I don't know if they're going to... I mean... Care. Don't, even if they weren't, they would not listen to this podcast. Like, <laughs> we've... It's commonly considered one of the worst Best Picture winners. Like, yeah. which, I mean, the thing is, like, if this hadn't won Best Picture, I would have been like, okay, that was like a nice little fluffy thing. Like, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been so critical of yeah, it, probably. Of I mean, sudden, I still would have been critical, but I wouldn't have been maybe so critical. Yeah. The fact that it was held up as like a shining example of film is just, especially when disdainful. you have The Quiet Man, High Noon, Singing in the Rain, and Scaramouche the same yes. year. But so with these plot lines, kind of like, they did too much and too little at the same time. Yes. Where they had too many plot lines. They were trying to show too much of the circus. A lot of those acts freaking dragged. Like, they were cool at first, but they dragged. And honestly, I don't need the little soundtrack parade ever. There were a, a couple Christmas times. Christmas number. There were a couple times like, when they used on. it for character interaction. Like, there's the one where um, Angel and Holly. Marie Antoinette. Yeah, it's yeah. the Marie Antoinette one, and they're having to sit in the same carriage, and they're mad at each other. That I'm was like, cool. Yeah, I'm like, if you're doing bits of this parade thing in order to do more of that kind of thing and move, like, the character development and the plot along, that's fine. But it was mm-hmm. a lot of wide shots of just It parades. reminded me of Ziegfeld, where it was like, you're showing us just these numbers to, like, impress upon us what's going on at the circus. And, like, I'm going to venture to guess that even at the time, people understood what went on at the circus right i I would i would guess that a lot of people had been to a circus like because i've i've been to a circus have you yeah yeah like i mean like a classic one not like cirque du soleil oh no no absolutely yeah exactly like like even saw the elephants yeah i rode an elephant i have a picture of three-year-old me on an elephant i rode an elephant but not in a circus (laughs) um but but you know it's like the idea of like you you know and like 
you know, with some of the more spectacular acts they showed, I was fine with that. Like there was the kid who was doing all the acrobatics. Like that was super impressive. And that was cool. But it's still, I don't understand why we had to have him in a wig and dressed up like a little girl though. Cause the wig kept falling off. So I was Comedic like, why would you even have that? Guess. But like, like there's so much slapstick in all of those scenes that I think that doesn't was always was. work though. Well, it doesn't work now. I bet you at the time it probably had. A but I, but the thing was like that didn't stick out as like a slapstick moment to me because I was just so impressed by all the acrobatics. Like with with like the clowns, That's I fair. guess is where I expected the slapstick mm-hmm. and everything. So I think seeing some of those acts is very important. Well, but you just like like the the long parade numbers that kept happening yeah, was my biggest beef with those, and like some of the acts would go on and on and on. Like the luau number with Phyllis. Why did we, we have didn't that? Need the we didn't need number. it at all. But like, yeah. So I think that was kind of our biggest gripe mm-hmm. with the structure because when they spend all that time on that, or they spend all the time on like very heavy heavy handedly setting up buttons a storyline or the stupid mob storyline like you're not getting time with that main storyline and i think the main storyline is what could have been really interesting because Agreed. the movie starts off like pretty pretty okay like pretty good yeah. where you're setting up the conflict of like the people want the short season Brad kind of tricks them into getting a long season mm-hmm. by getting this other aerialist they set up the idea that like Holly's this really ambitious aerialist she wants in a ring she takes like the idea of coming up with like new tricks and new acts like very seriously mm-hmm. because someone's like i would not want to be the one to have to tell holly that she's no longer center ring yeah and brad's like yeah i'm not looking forward to that so like they're setting up her character really well and then they then they just destroy it by having her just waffle back and forth because she's really mad at brad and she's like i'll do center ring and then he's like but it got us the long season she's like oh it did? No, Brad, you're so right. Like, Holly never sticks to her guns, ever. And, like... And she, she waffles between Sebastian and Brad the whole time, too. But, like, like... in a way that is completely unbelievable. Yes. It's not like a... Like, I, I wanted to spend more time with the Sebastian and... That's the... Yeah, that's the other area. Sebastian yes. and Holly kind of developing romance. Because the the two of, of those characters together were pretty charming. But, like... Holly would like swing to be like, oh, I think I'm going to go for Sebastian and be like cuddling up to Sebastian to like, no, Brad, I love you. All mm-hmm. of this stuff. Like she would swing so drastically. And I'm like, instead, like kind of milk that like resentment between her and Sebastian, yeah. but then have her slowly warm to Sebastian. And like, I liked the idea that like they kind of become buddies because there is this really cool scene. It went on a little too long. There were a little too many tricks. Is this the first? Of them dueling. Yes. So I will say the numbers went on to, I actually, so of all of the numbers that happened in this, that was my, my favorite. favorite. The, one, the ones whenever they're dueling. And I thought it went on just a little, like I think they could have cut a couple tricks, but I think it was so important because mm-hmm. you're setting up the idea because they're they're doing like like they're like balancing on like one leg of a chair on a trapeze and yeah. neither of them are using nets and this actually becomes important where they set up the idea mm-hmm. that like they're not using nets and i thought the juxtaposition between these are where the crowd shots are important too because yes. you have the crowd looking at sebastian then you'll see them look at holly and be mm-hmm. pointing at holly and they're kind of going back and forth as they're competing with grander and grander and more and more unsafe tricks yeah. again without a net so like if they fall they're gonna be hurt <laughs> yeah like crippled at best. So I do want to give this film credit for that scene, especially because yes. that was 
beautifully constructed and the way they escalated like at first yeah. i was like eh, these well, are kind of boring it shows but you I was a lot of their character of my seat exactly the well and you have the juxtaposition between the excitement of the crowd and like the nervousness of the people in the circus yeah. because like they're very concerned such a good job at building tension exactly in that and like there are definitely a couple of times where like you think either sebastian or holly is gonna fall especially the end holly like straight up almost falls like she's yeah, hanging she from one arm <laughs> But, like, from one arm pulls herself back up and kind of, like, recovers and does – they, like, lower her trapeze down. But, like, you also got a lot of nice character here between Hutton and Wild, Mm -hmm. which I thought was nice. Um, And it sets up this kind of, like, respect between the two characters. Like, they're competing, but they're also really enjoying – the competition and like they have respect for each other as artists and like that kind of plants the seed of this romance which Uh like i think works narratively but then when you have holly just going back and forth and she's like all in so suddenly and then back out either of them either brad or right like it just it messes with what could have been this really cool like slow build romance and then if you lean stronger on that like the circus is not doing well financially it's not doing well financially and having that consume more and more of brad's time and Mm -hmm. maybe brad becomes more and more unpleasant to be around and holly's like well like you don't hang with me like you're kind of becoming like an ass like then her gravitating closer and closer to sebastian makes sense and have that be more of a slow build and then establish the angel crush on brad a little bit earlier so that it's not just like halfway through the film and angel's like i'm going for brad like exactly so i i totally agree and brad's characterization too and i thought charlton heston did a nice job that might be one of my favorite roles i've seen him he did well but of all of the characters here i think he was the most um i guess uniform throughout the entire film yes and for any of except for the very end like post train crash um which, hey, there was a really spectacular model train crash in there. It would have been more know. poetic if uh, he had died. I mean, true. It's, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. But I wanted to see him adapt more to what was happening instead of being singularly focused on the success well, of the Well, it's like there's the this part at the time. end when like, you have the train crash, which we'll probably go more in depth into, yeah. but he needs a blood transfusion and Sebastian's the only one of his blood type. So Sebastian has to do it. And he's like, I don't want blood from that guy. And they're like, Oh, you're bleeding out, sir. You're going to die. And he's like, but I don't want blood from that guy. I hate him. And I was like, wait, do you? Because the entire time, even though you can tell that the Holly Sebastian things going on, like Brad's not happy about it, but like he does, he never like he's fights with Sebastian. He never fights with Sebastian. Right. He never, not even verbally. Well, and like, even after Sebastian has his fall from the trapeze, which we'll talk a lot about because I thought that was the climax of the film. And that's kind of it really, it should have ended shortly after that. Yeah. But like he offers Sebastian, even though he can't do trapeze anymore, a job in the circus. And I was like, if he hated him for the whole Holly thing, why would he do that? Like it just, mm-hmm. that sudden switch made no sense because I actually thought it was nice that you see these two guys competing for this girl, but neither of them take it out on the girl. Yes. And neither of them take it out on each other. And the idea that it is, a, it's kind of like the Holly Sebastian competition over the center ring. It's like the it's most like a friendly competition. Like, yeah, it's like a mature friendly competition, yeah. which I thought was kind of a nice way to like mm-hmm. set up a love triangle. But then they just like reverse on it at the end suddenly. I, yeah, I, I, I can't deal with it. It's, I'm really not a fan of how they handled that no. but i will say too like the your most hated enemy becoming your savior trope is like did we really need that to be so heavy-handed but again i didn't know he was his most hated enemy until yeah. suddenly he was his most hated enemy like <laughs> so not very elegantly pulled off no at 
all. They just, there was a lot of nice setup and then they ruined it. Oh, they really did. Yeah. They really did. Also, the dialogue was horrendous. I, mean, I was yeah. like, no one talks like, like no one talks like, of, this. like good thing. Like the sawdust versus stardust dichotomy. Like, okay, I can be on board with Sebastian being like, oh, your eyes are full of stardust because he's this like wild romantic whatever. Frenchman, I think. Yeah. Supposed to be. Um, whereas Brad is kind of more down to earth. Like I'm circus. I'm yeah, sawdust. But, like, but, but the way that they like no hammer one talks that like home. Human. No one talks oh like God. human beings. There was so much stuff where I was like, I... Like no one. But talks there are like nuggets this. for potential there, and it just kills me that it wasn't capitalized on. Yeah. So, um. Well, and then you have the Sebastian Angel relationship, which they kind of were like they clearly had a fling at one point, mm-hmm. and well, Angel's kind of like clearly had a fling with like Phyllis with a lot of Angel, people. Like he's a womanizer. He's a womanizer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and another like plus for this film is they did a good job of introducing Sebastian. Oh yeah. Um, because he rides in on his like. Sp- sports car with the police in tow because he was going 75 and a 35 and all this horrible stuff and uh, brad has to pay 100 bucks to get him out of trouble and we understand that he's a womanizer and this really big figure and so that characterization was really good and i hated him immediately (laughs) for being entitled yeah but they Um, like don't super lean into it later like once he kind of decides mm -hmm. to go for holly he kind of like goes for holly like he still kind of flirts with angel and stuff but it's more of like a he calms down so but you see but you it seems more like a little like convivial like oh we had a fling we'll kind of like flirt a little but like neither of them really go for it until suddenly at the end when holly who at this point had decided to marry sebastian because of the fall and i want to talk about the fall separately because there's a lot of fallout from that that i Mm -hmm. was like wtf yes um but then suddenly at the very end, now she and Brad are back together. And then Angel, there's a shot of like Angel and Sebastian in like the circus parade as they're trying to like get people to like go to yeah. the circus where she's like, I guess it's us now. Like, well, I almost believe that her waffling, like I, I highly doubt this was deliberate, but her waffling between Sebastian and Brad could almost be seen as her internal like movement between being the star and being the act versus being like in the circus for the circus because you see her take charge after the train crash in a way that's really great but also came but like, out of nowhere but but at the same time um, i'm like that would not surprise me based on the initial setup of holly's character like holly's character is set up as like a very in kind of like in charge ambitious yeah. like capable character and then like all of the like weird love triangle waffling kind of just undercuts what could have been like a very strong female lead. I and guess that, so then at the say, end when she's like suddenly in uh-huh. charge, I was like, yeah, it comes out of nowhere. But like, also it's not surprising if her character had been consistent from the setup. Right. But also I don't really care at this point because I've decided that much like that train, this movie has just jumped the rails. <laughs> like awesome. Awesome. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. at that point I was just like, okay, like, yeah, sure. Let's just keep just being like, oh no, wait, actually these people are together. Oh no, wait, actually these people are together. Oh no, wait, everything's going to be fine. It's like high school, but worse. It was, it was something where I was like this, man, they, they wrapped everything up in this little neat little bow, but it was a very cheap bow and very gaudy bow. And I didn't appreciate it. I like that analogy. Thank you. <laughs> a lot. Thank you. Um, so I guess continuing with this um, this storyline, I think next- Let's just talk about the, the fall. fall. Yeah, like, that's like the big thing. That's what we were saying we felt like the climax was. Because again, like every night, like Holly and Sebastian, they're competing more and more against each other. And they're kind of like ribbing each other. Well, and to, to be clear here too, they, they did build up how intense this competition was. Because Holly 
almost died because she was doing this one trick where she looks her ro- over her head. Her trapeze was not set right. up for. And her rope was fraying. And so Brad steps in, saves her, shows her what happened. Well, here's So here's another thing where I was like, this could have been so strong for the Brad-Holly relationship, but because of the horrible writing mm-hmm. for Holly and Betty Hutton's performance, it is she terrible. She has... Too, well, they she's bring either her like down anti Brad or for Brad. She's never in the middle, right? Anywhere, right? Like they never have actual conflict. She's either like, "No, Brad, you're so right. You know everything," or she's like, "Brad, you're the worst. I'm marrying Sebastian." Like it's only extremes. Only actually, it's literally only extremes with Holly. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, <laughs> I can't like, argue with that. <laughs> like there is no yeah, and I think that's writing and Hutton because yeah. Hutton is also only extremes in Ain't Get Your Gun. That's my only other Hutton reference, but I'm gonna keep using it. I mean. Two starts to make a pattern, right? <laughs> yeah, I can make a judgment about an actor's entire body of work based on two movies I've seen them in. Well, we're only judging her one performance. Two performances for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, Brad has, like, tells the people, he's like, no, lower, lower her. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, her, the setup's not, like, she's not rigged for that right mm-hmm. now. Like, there could it's be. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's so dangerous. And again, her and Sebastian not using nets. So, and I, which I cannot drive home enough. And like, they do a good job, I think, in the movie of being like, no, 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 this is dangerous. Oh, yeah. So he has her lowered. She's so mad about it and really upset because like the audience is laughing too. And she's like, they're laughing at me. Like, I, I was fine. I was going for a record. Mm-hmm. And Brad doesn't explain to her then. They just like get her off. Yeah. And later, Buttons is like, I think you need to tell her why. Which I was like, why would Brad not have told her why? Like, I feel like you lower her, you pull her off to the side, and you're like, hey, Holly, I know you're upset, but like... You almost died. This is why I rope. did this. Look like, how it's sprayed. Which he does later. After they after they talk about something else that doesn't matter, he's like, but this starts to get let me show you this. Part. Like, right, but he's like, look, ugh. it was frayed. Like, a couple more of those and you would have died. And Holly's like, oh, so you did that to save me? Yeah, all like, of a sudden she's totally pro-Brad. Yeah, like she's not mad anymore. Whereas I was like, I wanted more of their relationship for her to be like, no, like I want to compete. I want to do this thing. And for him to be like, it's really dangerous. Like I'm worried. And then for there to be like less extreme contention mm-hmm. about that, but just like some smaller attention where she's like, okay, uh-huh. so like, yeah, no, you're right. Like I could have died. But I'm still kind of mad at you. Yeah, like, like I could have died, but you scene. shouldn't have humiliated me that way. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted... I, their relationship did not seem mature it in had any no way. Dimension. Yes, there was no dimension. It did not seem mature in any way, shape, or form. And I, I wanted that from these two adult characters. So anyway, they built all this tension up. We understand well, how Brad also con- does convince Holly. I think after the rope thing to start using a net, like he's like, oh, if you yeah, want to yeah, do yeah. those type of tricks, that's fine. But you're not. Gonna but you die need to use watch. a net. And so I think what she's she compromises too is she's like I'll dial back the routine, but I'm not using a net. Yeah, and he's like that's fine. Like, and she does. Yeah, but we finally get this one fateful scene because Sebastian has been told like the same thing, mm-hmm. which I which I like that he's like, no, both of you, come the fuck down. Yeah, and so Sebastian decides to go the other route where he's like dangerous routine net. So. He and Holly are about to go out. They're still trying to upstage each other. He tells the MC that like he's going to do this double forward flip through a hoop and that he needs to announce it at this certain point. And the MC's like, okay. Well, then Holly kind of makes a joke about the net. And Sebastian cuts the rope on the net so that now there is no net. So now not only is he doing this crazy dangerous trick, Without he's doing it with net. no net. They build the tension very well within that scene. Because everyone's like, he fucking cut the net. And yeah. Like, well, and it's again, seeing the difference between like the audience and the 
circus workers. Yes. Like the circus workers understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> Sorry. that was <laughs> Full of puns today. Um, but he like builds up to his double front flip through the hoop. And of course. Oh, yeah. Just beats just, it. Yeah. And he falls flat on his back, which I will say I this part, I think dead. the editing was actually good. Yeah. Because um, the way that they cut away from him almost falling to like reactions, it's like, oh, my God. I, I think I might have actually flinched. Oh, yeah. Because so, you can imagine how uh-huh. awful that could have been. Because I assumed that he would have died, but he, d- oh, he didn't. Which is um, shocking to me. Yeah. And I was then I was like, oh, he's not dead. He'll be paralyzed for life. No, he could walk. Yeah, and honestly, they were kept saying that he can apparently regain use of his claw hand. Yeah, because he had like a paralyzed hand, um, which I actually thought the reveal of that was kind of nice, but the music sting on it, I was like, that's a little, and Holly's reaction was like, a little much. Yeah. But anyway, so like everyone's freaking out about this. I guess the next big thing we have is like, Holly's feeling guilty about it because she's like, it's my fault. And I I'm like, him into it. No, he Holly, he's a grown ass adult man. and he should know better. Also, like, a good-natured joke of, like, oh, I'm not using Kinect. Like, like he should know better than to do a trick that probably is not going to work mm-hmm. <laughs> with no net. Like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. I was like, he's a grown-ass adult. Like, his his stupid yeah. action is not your responsibility. But he comes back to grab his things. And he's got this coat right yep. over his arm, and he's being very, like, jovial and stuff. And it, I have a note that I was like, Sebastian's just fine. What the fuck? And then, then of course, at one point, Holly takes the coat off his arm. He's got the, like, claw, paralyzed claw hand. We're calling yeah. it a claw hand because it really is just the actor, like, holding his hand. In a re- it looked like actually a prosthetic, potentially. Yeah. I couldn't tell been. if it, it was, or, like, it was, like, weirdly pale compared to the yeah. rest of him. I mean, that could be makeup, too. But it could be makeup. You don't know. But, but anyway, it, she, like, basically screams, and there's, like, this weird musical sting. And then my note is, okay, so maybe Sebastian not so fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not sad about, but also, yeah, that reveal well, and was initially, a lot. A lot. Initially, but this movie isn't and they subtle. go back. This is another thing that they like established that I was like, oh, that's actually really nice and mature, and I like it. But then they go back on it, and I was like, what the fuck? Where he's like, Holly, it's not your fault because she's like, this is my fault, and he's like, no, like I made that choice. I yeah, I did it. It's not your fault. And I was like, oh, good for you. And then of course later he's like yelling at her. And he's like, you did this to me. Like, and by later I mean like two minutes later yeah when he's gathering his things yeah and she's like bugging him because she then decides that she's going to quit the circus and And marry marry sebastian out Uh, of i guess some sort of guilt that i think it's angel who kind of calls her on it and she's like what the fuck girl angel should have been holly oh yes uh gloria graham so good what a treasure right sassy as fuck and i love it But yeah, so that 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 kind of leads to the um Although the she's back half. The character of Angel is like a little too into Brad. Like there was a, she's like Brad is just such like a good guy and I was like he's not that great actually. Like he Really not. He kind of really sucks. I kind of had I think I have a note where I was like Holly and Angel, you just need to not date men in this circus. They all kind of suck. Well, I mean, when you're together for 4 months out of the year and that's the only people you see, okay, hey, it happens. But I, I will say I did actually like Angel and Brad's like coffee pouring scene where she becomes a housewife out of nowhere. Um, She's trying to improve. She's all domestic, but it's she kind of funny. She becomes a 1950s housewife yes, out of nowhere. It, yes, and it's kind of funny too, though, because it's almost like because like Holly, I don't think ever. Holly, it's there's some of the stuff that Brad says where I don't get the idea that Holly ever acted that way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think that's kind of Angel's tactic is to be like, oh, oh that's absolutely yeah, it. very domestic. I can take care of you kind of thing. But he has a line where he's like, I know a woman could pack a pipe. Oh, I because she like okay. packs tobacco at his pipe for him. And I was like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you be able to? It's literally just putting tobacco in a pipe. And women have smaller fingers, so it's probably easier to pack the tobacco in. Like I was one of those things where I was like, why would why would that be something that somebody can't do unless they just don't have hands? Even then I feel like you could find a way. I it was mean, the weirdest yeah. line. It was the weirdest line. Also, there's something we've not addressed at all, and that is the weird Cecil B. Mr. Slash Mr. DeMille, as we call him in our notes, narration. Oh, we'll get to that. Okay, Don't good. worry. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe we glossed over that. Um, we're focusing on story right now, Maggie. Right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just interrupting the story the same way his narration did. Perfect. I love the microcosm. Um, anyway, I can't find my note, but it was something like, really? You're that much of an idiot that you can't think a human being can figure out how to pack a pipe? Anyway. Yeah. Um, we get some more, like, ham-fisted scenes where angels put in danger by klaus who is because klaus is so angels act is that she like rides elephants and like does tricks with the elephants and like oh god i love elephants every time i saw an elephant i was like all i want (laughs) to do i was like i would want to be angel's job except for the part where she puts her face under an elephant's foot which klaus basically holds her there and is like why don't you love me yeah because klaus is a thing for angel still love you if i crush your face yeah what is this because he's jealous of the whole brad thing yeah the The Klaus thing, I mean, like, it was fine, but it also, I don't know, it could have been, if you're going to have it, it should have been built in a little bit better, Mm -hmm. or it should have been cut. You know, again, it's like, they did too much and too little at the same time, so, like, they tried to include too much stuff, so they mm -hmm. didn't spend enough time on any of it. Right. We would there get, is like, that nice 15, scene, 20 though. Second clips yeah. of him trying to pursue her and him and being. There's the nice like, scene no. where, uh, the with the embroidered hat where he gets it embroidered in German for her, and she goes, "Oh, what does it say?" And it basically says like, "You're mine." And she's oh, like, God. "Uh, I'm not going to be wearing this, thanks." <laughs> and I loved her reaction that where she's like, "Yeah, so I'm not yours," and uh, <laughs> you need to stop thinking that. <laughs> yeah, she gets to ride around a lot, like being carried by an elephant and just in its yeah. trunk, and it's the cutest freaking thing ever. Isn't it? So I think that really the next biggest, really just the train crash is the next big thing yeah. with this particular. Yeah, because we have more of like Sebastian. You know, he's he's like selling popcorn or con candy or whatever so he's like yep. look he's watching holly like be the aerialist mm-hmm. and you can tell he misses it and but the angel brad scenes, relationship develops yeah. and we get some scenes to indicate that maybe sebastian isn't going to be paralyzed forever because he still has feeling and oh yeah i love the part um, where they're like oh because this is where we start getting this whole time we've been getting hints that like buttons isn't who button says he is like exactly. they find the oh, newspaper I was come back to that. okay cool but yeah there's the one part where buttons is like he had some sort of reaction, moved his hand. I bet it's psychosomatic. And so he's like, you should go make him angry. So Brad just goes like and insults him a bunch. And then he like twitches his hand and Sebastian's really mad. And then he's like, you did this because you knew my hand would work. Thank you. And I, again, I was like, you're your worst no. enemies like if somebody what? did that to me and they were like look it's psychosomatic i would have been like great so get a fucking therapist to talk to me about it and don't come over here and like insult me and be a jackass like i mean this feels like a very 1950s take on medicine <laughs> but like but it's so... the same thing you see with like the holly brad relationship where like there's no middle ground people are at like just hate each other and are mad at each other or they like absolutely love each other forgive each other for everything it's like even the angel holly relationship like when they're mad at each other they're like like not talking at all despite the fact they've been set up as really good friends and Mm -hmm. 
like you don't get anything where one of them's like, look, here's the situation. Like, I really care about Brad and it's obviously you care about Sebastian. Like, let's just go that way instead of like having all of this like waffling. Like yeah. there's just no mature conversation mm-hmm. and it kills me. It really does. Because this could have been such good character work. Mm-hmm. So um, almost immediately after that, we come to find out that this mob storyline, which let me just give you the broad strokes. They tried to operate a booth. They were ripping off people. Brad kicked them off. They're like, you're going to pay. And so the mob has now gotten Klaus involved because Klaus is jealous that Angel likes Brad. So again, all of this is motivated by like love tetrahedrons. <laughs> polygons. Um, Let's just say polygons. They're, they're changing constantly. We're getting more sides um, added. We're getting sides taken away. Yeah, it's really bad. So they're going to stop the train and rip them off. Like steal like all the rob money. rob them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't stop the second half. And Klaus has a change of heart and is like, no, Angel, you're on that second and drives car. A, yeah. Drives which, forward Which, again, the after he was, like, threatening to kill her with an elephant, is like, no, she's I mean, on the car. I mean, he's a bit of a psychopath, so. Yeah, but they, but, like, in a non-believable way. Yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, so then he just derails. drives the car straight at the uh, other train with, like, the lights going to be, like. They can't stop, stop in time. You had this really interesting model explosion where yeah. the car like that's pretty fun. That actually was yeah. some interesting effects. Um, but yeah, it get the wild animals being out of their carts, and I was like, oh no, lions are going to go eat somebody. No, I think my note was like, okay, we have twenty minutes to wrap this film up. Is like the plot line going to be finding all the animals? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> but like, the film should have ended so much further. Before oh, it this. really should. I really wanted the film to. I honestly like. I think they should have just built the Sebastian Brad angel love triangle slash square more mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. the climax be like the fall the fall and have sebastian either die or be paralyzed and have that kind of be like the like i don't know i feel like you could wrap the that up with way the and then maybe have if you've been leaning into the financial troubles of the circus a little bit more have like sebastian's fall then require them to cut their season short and you kind of now have these people trying to figure out what to do with their, you know like right it could have been <laughs> I, I'm asking better. for another postmodern ending. You really are, but I know how I was like, man, we we're watching so many downers, and now I'm like, I want them all to have postmodern endings. I, I don't like that everyone was happy. <laughs> I'm like Holly, hey. I'm all or nothing. I'm sad movies. It can be, it can be in the middle though. It can be like semi. I really can. Anyway, um... <laughs> I just want the ending to be appropriate for the film, oh, which okay. I guess this trash ending was appropriate for this trash I, film, yeah. but. We find out that Brad has been pinned under what I presume is an animal cage. Don't Something really know. Car. Rebar. Um, I got really worried that Angel was injured from this. She was. They were like, she went Angel's and got trapped an under this and thing. saved Brad. Which I thought was fun. Fucking treasure. Love she is Angel. great. <laughs> um, and this is where, again, we get the scene we mentioned earlier with the blood transfusion. And all of a sudden, Holly steps it up and like takes over Brad's role, which yeah. I loved that that was where they wanted to go with this character. I hated the execution. Well, it's because they had made her such like a shell of a character for so much of the movie that like I was just like this came out of nowhere. Did you yeah. like hit your head in the the uh, crash and all of a sudden become? Well, the way person? they frame it like, too what? is that like she's doing it out of her love for Brad, and I was like, That's... do it for yourself, honey, and for just like the these people who are your family, exactly. Um, so, I... but yeah, she takes Ugh. charge, and they they can't find the doctor, and this is where buttons and the fact that he's the doctor come up, and Holly mm-hmm. like goes and gets him, and that's where she is. Oh my god, I have to say the actual line she says. Oh, because throughout the film, we've you know again we've seen like newspaper headlines that are like this doctor killed his wife. Where is he now? And there's like an FBI agent looking for buttons. They're like gonna fingerprint some of the crew, and then the train crash happens and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like 
people are onto buttons. There's the bit where his mom is in the crowd and oh, he like goes and interacts with her. Scene. It lasted too long though. It was sweet scene, it but did. it lasted too long. And you have all that stuff where Holly's just like, but buttons, you're so good and everyone likes you. And then stare off into the distance. Buttons being like sad clown. And you're like, dude, Buttons definitely did some sketchy shit. <laughs> but I'll forgive him because it's Jimmy Stewart. And apparently Holly will too, because never for a second is she like, even after she sees the newspaper with the headline of the thing that he said to her, where, what what is it he says to her earlier? It's something about like, it's like a weird way of phrasing though. It's like, sometimes you love someone so much they die or something like that. Like it's. It was like heavy handed foreshadowing. But it was like, but it was like a weird kind of way that he said it that i was like did he murder <laughs> i don't know i like like honestly i don't care because they wouldn't have been able to no but like well holly never for a second even though like then, then there's a bit where she's the headline she's like buttons isn't this so weird it's the same thing you said to me and i'm like holly you're smarter than girl this. yes yes that is the thing they had holly acting so dumb in a way that i was like this is not the character you promised us no it was not. No, like, and then never for a second is she worried that there is a murderer. It's because everybody loves buttons, obviously. But like, oh I, there's never a second of questioning about buttons at all. And then so when it's Brad- It's because Holly is in extremes, Maggie. Come on. She does not question. <laughs> She's just all in on buttons the whole movie. Yeah. But like- Aren't we all though? I mean, it's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> so yes. Yes, we are. But she like goes to get buttons when Brad is- um, getting the transfusion buttons is about to skip town because brad had warned him about the guy fingerprinting them because brad yeah. has an inkling um and i like how brad's kind of like i don't care what you did like i don't know brad's react brad's non-caring made more sense to me than holly's non-caring because brad just straight up is like i don't really care what you did but yeah. like heads up whereas holly is just like never acknowledges it yeah until this one line where she goes and gets buttons and she literally says Maybe you killed her because you loved her so much. Oh, what? Uh, what? Sorry, our levels probably just peaked there. It's fine. Like, can we can we talk about how this movie was not about healthy relationships no. and just drove it home with that line? No, it and it was one of those things where I was like, Buttons never was like she was dying, like she was terminally ill and asked me to kill her. Like he never defends himself once. Holly's just like, I'm going to make up a scenario in my head that's really twisted in which you're okay having killed your wife. Now, please save my boyfriend, Brad. Oh, it's like what you do to movies with no plot. Fuck you. (laughs) Bullshit. My plots make sense. Oh, they do. (laughs) The concept's the same, though. No, it's not. (laughs) Never in my plots. You're defending yourself though, which is good. Never would my plots murder someone, and I'd be like, "That's okay, plot. That's not true. I have had some plots where I'm like, that character was gonna say it. (laughs) Don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I feel like I'm not the Holly in this situation. I feel like I'm the buttons. You're definitely the buttons. (laughs) So, like, it made sense for the plot, Holly. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, they the the circus is in shambles, and they're like, "Ah, shit! We don't have a tent. What are we gonna do?" And this is where Holly steps it up, and, and she's like, "We'll it do out. it outside. We're gonna have a parade. Get everybody to come to the yeah, circus. they're outside this smaller town. Because um, yeah, and um, got some gratuitous parade shots. She's like, "Get yeah, get every everyone who can walk. They who can pack stand. the stands, 
You have some finance. It was I, I can't remember at the end. So buttons gets cuffed. He does get cuffed. Poor you know, guy. but it, like that's he needed yeah, to but get it's cuffed. like yeah. I mean, I need him to stand trial, and I need to know the evidence. Like, yeah, but I did enjoy at the end there, Brad having to not do anything because he lost all of his damn blood. And while Holly runs around and like runs the circus, that was like, and a he's fun like, ending. oh wait, she's capable. But the thing is, Brad never questioned whether or not Holly was capable. He was just like, I don't want you to die. I mean, yeah. Like, and I never took that. That's I never a took that as him. Ask. Well, and I never took that as him questioning how capable she was. Mm-hmm. I took it as him being like, "You're doing something that's like unreasonably Stupid. reckless." Yeah. So, like, I never took it as him being like, "Holly, you're so weak, you can't do that." It's like mm-hmm. a, please just use a net. <laughs> <laughs> Small ass. Yeah. Yeah. Small. Exactly. So, like, the idea that he's suddenly like she's so capable, I was like, D- yeah. Kind were of you doubting it? Like, at what point were you doubting and it? Who was that one guy that was like, oh, standing? I want to come see the show. Was he mob or financier? I think it was Mr. Or... Henderson. Who was Mr. Henderson? The mob guy. Oh my god! And I, I don't know why he was talking to Brad. I don't uh... know why Brad knew who he was. Like, I again, that we we really didn't need. The like financial trouble or the mob story. I think we did need the financial trouble because it's it's important for getting Sebastian there. I feel like it's important for getting Sebastian there. Fair, but did they actually have to have it? It could have been simplified. Yeah, but they could have just like mentioned it a couple more times. Have that be attention in Holly and Brad's relationship. Like maybe some scenes about counting the money and being like, oh my god, I think almost in the. I think have that be like the problem with Holly and Brad's relationship because. Like she's mad well, at him for initially set up like that. At the yes. When she's Ugh. mad at him initially for hiring Sebastian, he's like, I had to do it because of the financial situation we're in. And instead of being like, well, I think initially she's like, well, I could be our headliner. Like I can bring them in, give mm-hmm. me a chance. And then he's like, but I had to do it for the circus. And then she's like, oh no, Brad, you're right. Like, it's like she, instead of having that, like hold on and her be angry about that. And then him be like more and more of an asshole about like the financial situation and that like drive uh-huh. a wedge between them. Like they'd never, they just never explored it. Like they set up a lot of very interesting, I think potentially strong plot points and then just like never, never followed through. Yeah. Agreed. So I think, I mean, that really sums up. I think what we thought on yeah. it. Yeah. Can we talk like, about that narration real quick though? Because oh, we said we could talk about really, it. Really, really quickly. I wanna I wanna like have a couple notes first. So uh-huh. um someone had the line because you are circus. My note is fuck me. Um now Sebastian is going to save Brad. Oh fuck this. Um <laughs> I got really sassy at the end with my notes where I was just over it. Oh, I um, have a note that says Holly and Sebastian went from light flirting to undying love like quote snap that yes so it's supposed to be like that but to get to cecil b demille's narration let me tell you what we didn't need that interludes talking about putting up the god there was so much and it's like he was trying to be so i think it was it was demille doing the narration right i'm pretty damn sure but they were like trying to be so poetic with it and i was like i don't fucking care this movie like started with a premise of trying to romanticize the circus and then tried to focus on people instead of romanticizing the circus but instead of like do or doing this like thing where it's like the romanticization of the circus from the crowd's perspective against like the gritty realities of actually being in the circus like i and like you know what if it had just been like a fine fluffy circus uh-huh. one like that's fine but like I don't need these long exposition narrations explaining to me about how they're putting up a tent while I watch them put up a tent like we didn't even need to see them put up the tent no it was Cecil B DeMille by the way okay the good I thought um, so Mr. DeMille I'm not ready for my narration <laughs> yeah so anyway not really a fan 
No, and like, yeah, with the excessive narration and stuff, I'm like, I don't need to watch them. I don't need you trying to poetically tell me about them putting up the tent while I watch them put up the tent. Exactly. So, yeah. anyway. the You did have a couple positive things I think you wanted to say for the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will say like the, um, I did think the circus scenes were impressive in their own right. They were just way too numerous. So, and like, too long. Exactly. So, I want to give credit to all of the like circus performers that were a part of it because it's impressive stuff. But again, in the like structure of the film, it broke things up and just lasted too long in most cases. So yeah, that's really where I, stand. I think, I think there was like a really strong core plot that could have like, that was set up, but they never followed through. And like the so writing and the dialogue was so bad. And like, they just completely undercut what like a fun main character Holly would have been because I'd say Holly was our main character. I think I, I could agree yeah. with that, yeah. So, well, shall we get to lists? Let's get to lists. Well, I'm just going to take this opportunity to go first because I go hated this movie. I know you um, did. So I'm putting it at number 23 of 25. Damn. My also- number 25 is The Broadway Melody. 24 is Cavalcade, then The Greatest Show on Earth, and then The Greatest Siegfeld at 22. So I think Siegfeld, the numbers were more interesting. It made a little bit more sense. And at least we had some focus on like some characters there. Um, Cavalcade, I I just still can't get behind Cavalcade. Like some of the no. like costuming and things like that in The Greatest Show, I think definitely. It was Cavalcade. more of a visual delight. It was um, in a way that at least for being at the bottom of the list, bumped it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now it's still miles better than the Broadway melody. Like. that is probably not going to move from my last spot for a long time no the broadway melody had a lot a lot of issues so it had a lot of technical issues too exactly which again first film with audio yeah yeah it's not surprising and i you know similarly this movie also had musical numbers that i was like why oh absolutely they just like some weird ones Uh uh-huh so but where did you put it Pulling up my list. Um, I think it's going to be my new 21. So after All the King's Men and before The Great Ziegfeld. Oh, so you liked it more than Ziegfeld. I thought... Hmm, I enjoyed it a little bit more visually, I think, than Ziegfeld. And I, the execution was bad, but the main idea behind it, gotcha. I found a lot more interesting. Okay. And I think that kind of puts it above Ziegfeld for me. Is that like I found that main idea a little bit more interesting. And like I thought Charlton Heston did a solid job. And I thought like yeah. the character of Brad was like a for the most part He just didn't benefit from good writing. No, like <laughs> it, and it was toward the end, but for the most part, like a pretty good character. I liked the mm-hmm. character of Angel yeah. a lot. Um, you know, she also had some bad writing, but like I liked that character a lot. And I think having those like early scenes between Sebastian and Holly uh like with the trapeze work mm-hmm. and where they're doing that like that was really cool and really interesting to me um and well done honestly yeah and and well done and like honestly up until shortly after that point I was like I you know what I don't think it's a bad movie like I think I'm actually gonna kind of enjoy this and like <laughs> and I'm surprised it it's window. often put as like one of the worst at this point considering some of the like the way yeah. some of the other stuff we've watched has started oh, yeah. but like I yeah it doesn't it doesn't hold that. Um, but I think I find the concept more interesting than I found the concept of Ziegfeld. Yeah. But I think it suffers from a lot of the same issues. 
for sure. Where like the fact that it just drags and it doesn't end where it really should end and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's got like some cop outs on character and so it has cop-outs. these like long numbers <laughs> and acts that kind of like drag and don't really move the plot forward in any way, yeah, shape or form. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of the same issues, but slightly less of them. <laughs> well, fine. But. Yeah. Anyway, I uh yeah, I, I wouldn't really recommend watching this if to be honest. No, yeah, it's not one that I would say people need to go out and watch. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so I think that that's wraps it. up my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's all for me. Oh, one thing that I forgot to bring up that I'm not sure would age super well with this movie, and uh-huh. it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Like, and it was cool to see the animal acts, but it was always in the back of my mind about like how were the animals treated. Yeah. That like was they a never they never well. showed anything. In this to say that they were mistreated, uh, but then the idea, like you are training animals and like. Well, and there are a lot of ethical issues with like elephants in captivity, and, for example. And like in having endangered species in, yeah. in captivity and stuff like that. And yeah, and I'm sure moving them around on those trains was not. No. Great. So like that was always a nagging. Concern. Issue in my yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I don't think ages that and the gender politics don't age well yeah agreed yeah it though they're the not the worst gender no. politics we've no. seen no. by a long shot that's a good and a bad it's thing a low bar yeah. um so but yeah so next time we'll be doing the 26th winner from here to eternity which i've heard is going to be hopefully better. i have not seen it i just know the very iconic scene of them kissing in the waves on well, the beach i'm looking forward to it yeah, Even I'm excited. It's a war film. <laughs> I think it's back to black so. and white too, which will be oh, interesting. Oh, nice! That'll be exciting. I love how like when we had so many black and white ones, you're like, oh, I'm so excited for a color one. Now that we've had a couple color ones. We're well, kind of like, I'm ready to go back to black and white. It's for a like because I want to see the really interesting lighting. Like the another comment on Greatest Show, their lighting was horrendous the whole time. I think I think it was a lot of early green screen use too. Oh, and it was for it was sure. Bad. And you can see. I mean, at the time, I'm sure like that's it was a cool effect. Yeah. But. But you could tell, especially because like Betty Hutton's blonde, so it, she always had that like hell. greenish uh-huh. tinge uh-huh. to her hair. So yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. so we'll be back with that one next time. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Best Pictures Pod on both. We'd love to hear from you. Hear your thoughts on the Greatest Show on Earth. If there's anyone who's like a huge fan, um, I'd love to hear more about that. Please change our minds. Yeah, Go try. <laughs> no, 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 I love, I love when I hearing about like films that maybe we didn't like so much that other mm-hmm. people love because, um, you know, the times people have like written into us about it, they always have a very interesting perspective on it when they're like, cause God, our listeners, you guys are so good at it, like explaining your thoughts. It's amazing to me it because is. sometimes on the podcast, we're like, let me just say that again for the third time so I can just form the word correctly. <laughs> but, uh, they've always been able to explain like this is why I like this film yeah. or this is something. And it's always something that I'm like, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very really cool. We, lo- we love to hear that from you guys. So yeah, if you have a little more like long form answer, your question or whatever you want to write into, we are at best pictures pod at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Yeah. Rate, subscribe, review, especially rate and review. Please do helps us find new listeners. And also tells us what we're doing right and wrong. Yeah. And wrong. It's focus on the and wrong. We we like to or improve. or the and right because like <laughs> frank, frankly my little ego man. <laughs> Compliment sandwich then. Okay. Compliment sandwiches, please. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening. Join us next time for From Here to Eternity. <laughs>